Hello and welcome to Valley Lights Church. Are you good at keeping secrets? Do you like secrets? <laughs> you know, there's a lot of books out there that promise to give us secrets. It's, uh, there's just really nothing quite like a promise of a secret to get our attention. Even just seeing the word secret in a title makes us think, what am I missing? <laughs> For example, there's a book called The Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. And if there really is a secret to make millions in a book, you know, maybe that would be worth buying. You know, maybe you got my attention. There's also Secrets of the Baby Whisperer. And uh, my, my youngest son is officially out of diapers as of about two weeks ago. So I think I'm, it's safe to say I'm out of the baby stage. But, uh, you know, if it wasn't for my wife, this is one I probably would have paid some pretty big money for. Then you've got apple cider vinegar secrets. <laughs> uh, nature's best kept health and weight loss secret. Apple cider vinegar, who knew? There's probably all kinds of great secrets in that book, but, you know, you can keep that secret for now. <laughs> and then there's, here, here's a book called The Secrets of the Secret Place. Now this just sounds like a super secretive book. Why are there so many secrets? Sometimes it's because there's a need for secrets. You know, like when you go to a surprise party. Other times, secrets exist not because someone is hiding some information, but because there's just a lot that we don't know. Of course, scientists are discovering new things new secrets about the world that we live in all the time, new species, new ways of seeing how our world works. And no one's hiding them. They're just waiting to be discovered. But there is one kind of secret that will never be discovered by, that, would, that we could discover on our own. And, and those are secrets about God. You might know some things about God that other people don't know. And if that's the case, every day we go about life interacting with people. We walk by people or walk together along with people. But we're not just walking. God is sending. God is sending us to listen and to serve and to tell people about His love. We who walk with God are everyday missionaries in a way. We're just normal, everyday people carrying the most important secrets, things that the world needs to know. My name is Bruce. I'm the lead pastor here at Valley Lights, and I would love to get the chance to meet you and say hello, uh, leave some contact info information. But today we're starting a new series called Us For Them. And this is a message series where we're going to be looking at different reasons for orienting our lives so that we are helping others to find God. And really not just living for ourselves, but living for others, us for them. And if you've established Jesus as the king, the Lord, the boss of your life, look at how Paul would describe you in 1 Corinthians. He says, so then men ought to regard us as servants of Christ and as those entrusted with the secret things of God. Now it's required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. The secrets of God exist not because God is trying to keep people from discovering them, but because of the subject matter. God can 
never be discovered by human minds all on their own. Why is that? One reason is that God's invisible and it's pretty hard to discover something that you can't see. But also, we lack the mental capacity needed to figure God out. So, over a span of 1,500 years, God revealed some of his most important secrets to about 40 people. And he did this in a way that could be tested and verified so that we could know that the secrets come from him and not just from some weirdos that are hallucinating or making things up. The secrets were recorded in 66 books and then all combined into one big book full of his secrets. And that book is called the Bible. And if you've decided to follow Jesus Christ, he's entrusted you with the secret things. And that is an incredible privilege. What, what a joy to know that. But if God already went through all the effort to take all his secrets and publish them in a book, why go beyond that? Why, why not just leave it at the published work that he did? You know, people, if they wanted to, they could pick up God's word, hit the Bible, and they could read it for themselves, right? Well, that's not usually how we learn secrets. We usually learn secrets from others who have experienced something themselves. Uh, about a week ago, I took my kids fishing. We spent a family vacation in, in the Sequoia National Forest. We were at Hume Lake. And we went fishing, uh, you know, most of the time that we were there on the days. And we caught tons and tons of little bluegill. In fact, we filled up buckets full of little bluegill fish. It was just like you put a worm on the hook, you throw it in, and you're almost guaranteed to pull something in within 30 seconds. So that was fun, uh, pulling fish in, but what, what I really wanted was trout. And so I got the bug in my kids' minds to, that we want to get trout, and I know they're in there because they stock it heavily. And so we were wrapping up our fishing trip one of the days, and we were walking by a guy who also had a big bucket, but his had trout in it. And I don't know how he got those. And he, he said, he told us he, that he'd probably catch his limit in about the next 30 minutes. And he was looking at our rigs as we were just chatting and talking about fishing. And he said, you know, your, your hooks are probably a little too big. And uh, what, it, why don't you come with me? I'll show you how to catch them. Which was a very kind offer, but we didn't have time in the moment. And later that week, we went out numerous times again. And we were desperate to catch trout, but we got none. <laughs> just kept pulling up those, uh, those little bluegills. And I wished I could have learned the secrets of catching trout from somebody that knew how to do it. He really knew the secrets about how to, how to do that. Well, this is kind of the way that it works with the things, the secret things of God. People have to see them lived out in someone else. God's entrusted his secrets to us. Our lives change as a result of that. And so this morning, I want to share with you four of the biggest secrets about God that most people don't know. The first secret is that God is not okay with us. Now this comes as a complete shock to most people. In fact, we're usually surprised when we find out that anybody is not okay with us. And so when it comes to God, we might say, you know what, I know I'm not perfect, but I'm not out to hurt anybody. So if, if anybody's got a problem with me, it's because they don't know me or they don't know my, my situation. And God 
you know, he understands us better than anybody. So if anyone should be okay with us, you'd think it'd be God. He knows what I've gone through. He knows that I'm trying. And we tend to assume that God thinks about us in the same way that we do, because God is like us, right? He's just sort of a bigger version. So it comes as a shock when we realize that God is not like us. He does not think like us, and he does not operate the way that we operate. God himself, in Isaiah, he said, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, declares the Lord. Neither are my ways your ways. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And this is a verse I've read many times, and I read, I've, I've heard it many times before I learned what, it's, what comes before it. There's, there's a statement that comes before this. Um, in fact, the word for points to what comes before it when he says, for my thoughts. And the verse that comes before this, it says, let the wicked forsake his ways, his way, and the evil man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord, and he will have mercy on him. And to our God, for he will freely pardon. God's telling the wicked and the evil to seek his mercy. Why is that? Well, they assume that God is like them. They think that God thinks the way they do, and he just lives life the way that they would, that that the way that they're doing things mirrors the way God does. And so this would leave them feeling okay, when in fact they're really not okay with God. And so we, we tend to think God is like us, that he's, you know, he's just, he's, he's us plus. <laughs> he's stronger than us. We, we can bench 200 pounds. He can move mountains. He's smarter than us because we can do algebra. He does galaxies. And he's better than us. We're moral tens to his moral 100. So if, if we're okay with us, God should be really great with us. But his thoughts, as it turns out, in ways, his thoughts and ways are completely different than ours. In our way of thinking, when this verse is talking about the wicked or those who are evil, well, who, who is that anyway? Who's, who, what kind of person is being referred to? Well, they're the Hitlers and the Osama bin Ladens of the world, not us. We're trying our best. We're, you know, I'm, I'm morally average or better. That's what we'd say. And so we pull out our ruler that's calibrated by the moral performance of the people around us, and I feel fine. I'm not wicked or evil. And because, you know, to get a title like that, you'd have to be maybe on the bottom 10% to get that reading. But when God pulls out his ruler, he comes up with a very different reading than we do. God measures evil and wickedness relative to himself not to our ever-changing standards of good and bad. On his ruler, we actually fall short pretty bad. And so he's not okay with us. God makes this fact very clear in the Bible. And if that's true, that's, that seems like a pretty important decision. That's a, a pretty important secret to know. And not everyone believes that there is a God. But if they do, most people are completely comfortable with trusting their feeling about God more than what the Bible says about God. You know, maybe there's a God out there, and if there is, he and I are cool. I mean, for the most part, you know, it's not really that much of a factor in my life. And, you know, people 
may just have casual thoughts about God this way that are, that are really quite rational and would never take this flimsy approach in any other part of life. They would never assume that they know what another person is thinking or make a big decision just based on feelings. But when it comes to God, they're willing to go with their gut. And so that's one really big secret with some pretty big implications. The second secret is that our secrets are not safe. I don't know about you, but I've tried to hide things in my life. Have you ever tried hiding anything from people? Also, when we were on our family vacation about a week ago, I took my kids into the general store and being a camp of sorts, um, you know, during the summer, it's a, it's a youth camp. There was a wall of candy. <laughs> There's just a lot of candy to get into. And so I was shopping and I suddenly heard the, the loud sound of something scattering all across the floor. <laughs> and uh, turns out it was about a hundred jelly beans with my son frozen in the middle of them with his hand still on the dispenser. <laughs> I think his goal was to quietly snag a few. And uh, there's no hiding it though. Is the evidence was overwhelming that he was grabbing some jelly beans. And I'd like to say that I'm better than that. But I've hidden plenty of things in my adult life. I'm just better at being sneaky than he is right now, which I don't think is a good thing. And when I stand before Jesus on the day of judgment, I know already that I'm going to be standing in a much bigger pile of jelly beans, and it's not going to be pretty. I know that every sinful thought, every careless word, everything, I'll have to, I'll have to give an account for it all. We all have secrets. The longer we keep a secret, the more we believe that it's going to stay just with us. And one day, God will pull out his ruler and he's going to measure everything. He's going to expose every secret. Paul wrote about this in Romans. He said, this will take place on the day when God will judge men's secrets through Jesus Christ, as my gospel declares. So we would do well to know that my secrets are not safe. Here's another secret that most people don't know about God. And this secret is just, it's the mystery of Jesus Christ. Take a look at what Paul wrote in Colossians. He says, pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Most people don't really understand who Jesus Christ is. They may know him as a historical figure, uh, but they don't know that there's far more to him than meets the eye. They don't know that he's God in the flesh. And they don't know that he's the only solution to secrets number one and two that we already looked at. Only God can forgive. In 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says, God made him who had no sin, meaning Jesus, uh, God made Jesus to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So Jesus is kind of like a sponge that absorbs our sin. Try to mop up a spill on the floor with a wet sponge, and it doesn't work. But Jesus had no sin. His death, by his death, our sin can be absorbed by him. But the key word in this verse is the word might. A sponge on the shelf doesn't really do any good unless it's applied to the mess. The same is true with Jesus. 
until we decide to ask Jesus to remove our sin and follow him, our, our sin is untouched. Most people don't know this. They don't know that Jesus Christ is the secret to every important need. In another one of his letters, Paul writes this. He says, My purpose is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Jesus isn't only the secret to forgiveness and a restored relationship with God, which is pretty amazing all on its own. But Jesus is the secret of how to live life. He's like a treasure chest just full of wisdom and knowledge. And, and he can guide you and I through the decisions that we face and the challenges that we encounter. He can rebuild our lives. The difference between a life with Jesus and a life without him is truly astonishing. Most people have no idea where this secret treasure is, is buried. Some people are looking for it. Some people think they've got a bead on it but they may be in for disappointment. How can you find the secret treasure? Well, people learn about Jesus by seeing it in our lives. We can find an example of this in Acts 4.13. It says, When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Peter and John were just ordinary guys. And ordinary guys don't display this kind of courage. So onlookers could tell that there was more going on than just them. They saw Christ in them. This is why God amazingly has entrusted his secrets to everyday people like us. If, for example, in the moment of pressure, we have, cor we have courage, or in the, in the face of temptation, we resist, or when we're treated poorly and we still love, people take note and wonder why. They wonder what our secret is. This can only happen if, like Peter and John, we hang out with Jesus, if we follow him and allow him to change our lives. The only trouble is that hanging out with Jesus is kind of hard because we've got to be willing to give some things up. And that brings us to the fourth secret. The secret access code is humility. People who want to run their own lives don't ever get clued into God's secrets. Walking with God, learning about his treasure, it all requires that we humble ourselves. It requires that we're open to seeing life differently. We're open to yielding to what God says in the Bible. But people who want to run their own lives generally are proud and stuck in their ways. Look at what Jesus himself says about this. He says, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. For this people's heart has become calloused. They're, they hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts in turn, and I would heal them. Have you ever seen guards standing outside of a club or a one of those luxury seating areas in a stadium or at the airport and you see people guarding the doors and why do they do that? Well, they're there to keep the wrong people out and let the right people in. 
and you walk by and you're like, oh man, what's in there? Like something, something's good. There might be free soda or something really good in there. Well, the reason that God has secrets at all is to keep out the proud. Only the humble can get past the door. This is why you could tell these secrets to people and for some it just won't click. Their hearts are probably hard toward God. They just don't want to know because if they did know, they'd have to submit their life to God and change some things and they don't really want to do that. So what can we do? The very first thing is to make sure that we have humbled ourselves to seriously consider what God has said. If God really is there, if he truly is creator of you and me and everything, and if he truly is ultimately good, wouldn't you want to know his secrets? And if you feel like you're still standing on the outside and you haven't quite dialed this in, let us know. There's a spot on your connection card where you can mark, I'd like more information about following Jesus for the first time. Um, or you could attend the Discovering Faith Lunch that we have coming up in a couple weeks, uh, which is really geared towards helping people understand what it truly means to be a Christian. But if you look at this list of four secrets about God that most people don't know, maybe you knew them already. And if you did, praise God. These are really good things to know. But who told you? Someone had to have explained these things to you. And who lived it out so that you could see it demonstrated? Secrets are learned from person to person. And that's why God entrusted them to us. I mean, can you, can you believe that? That God entrusted his secrets to us. That seems kind of risky. <laughs> and so look again at that first verse that we read from 1 Corinthians. So men ought to regard us as servants of Christ and to those entrusted with the secret things of God. But here, listen to this. Now it's required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. That means we can't sit on these secrets. We have to share them. That's part of our responsibility. So right now, there's people in your life who are open to spiritual matters. They're interested in finding the truth. Maybe they feel like there's a lot of untruth and ambiguity swirling around. There's also people in your life right now who are living with a certain degree of pain or confusion in life. And these people might just be a secret or two away from a major breakthrough in life. Wouldn't it be amazing if God positioned you to have a life-altering conversation with somebody? What would it take for you to be ready and willing to do that? After all, who tells secrets? Friends do. Friends tell secrets to each other. As we love the people that God has put in our path, every day we're building bridges that God will use to communicate his truth to people. That's our mission on earth. We're kind of like everyday missionaries, helping everyday people discover God's secrets. So how can we share the secrets of God? Here's one thing that you can do, practically speaking. One would be to tell people about the difference being made by God or by church community or by the Bible. Are good things happening in your life? Talk about it. And not necessarily in a weird, over-the-top way, but if good things are going on, it's, it's, it would be natural for us to give credit and gratitude to God for that. 
And something can flow from those conversations. But of course, sometimes just telling someone a secret isn't convincing enough. Let people see your life. Slow down and take time to be friendly and relational and conversational. How, how might you do that when you're just out and about? Maybe at the grocery store or going around or you're out in your street. Most of the time we see unexpected conversations as interruptions to my, the flow of my day. But maybe they're divine appointments. Another way to, to share the secrets of God is to invest in and invite others. Invest your time in relationships. Who's in your world right now? You've got perhaps some co-workers, some people that live on your street, or family members that are local. Invest time and resources in those relationships. And after you've invested, invite them to church or to a gathering where there's going to be some friends from church there. It's amazing how often God brings people to church so they can have so that they can hear a secret that they've been searching for. It's amazing. Finally, help build a church that's committed to spreading God's secrets. You can help us. You can help Valley Lights Church. We've got some changes coming up, but you can play a part in the next phase of the growth and development of our church. Um, our physical gathering location on Sunday mornings right now is um, at Embassy Suites in Valencia, but we're going to be moving to Rio Norte Junior High. And it's a great move because it's right in the middle of a big residential area. It's just totally surrounded by a sea of houses. Um, <clears throat> a lot of people and perhaps families of people who don't know the secrets of God. <clears throat> people are generally more willing to check out a church if it's less than a 10-minute drive away from them, and it's preferred if it's, it's five minutes or less, or within walking distance. And that's, that's a good description of where we're going to be at. We're going to be around lots and lots of people. Also, the meeting space is going to be bigger. It's going to allow us to have just the physical space needed to accommodate more people that are searching for God. After we move to that new location in October, a couple weeks later, we'll be having a sports camp, which is a one week, it's a five night outreach to families in our community. Um, you'll be hearing more about this in the weeks to come. Well, that'll be a really big effort to bring us in contact with a lot more people. For this move and this sports camp, uh, we'll be doing um, advertising and putting out flyers. And that's another way that you get help. These are all ways that you can put your shoulder into the work with us and to help us move the mission forward. I'm praying that as we move into this next season as a church, that it's going to be a season of growth. Not just for the sake of growth and getting bigger, but for the people who haven't learned the secrets of God yet. As a church, one of the big reasons that we exist is for the people that aren't here yet. We can make our lives about helping others. Our focus can become us for them. Our resources for the benefit of others. You're still here on earth because God wants to use you. I hope you'll join us again next Sunday. We'll continue talking about tools and ideas from the Bible that'll motivate and equip you to make a difference in our world and to make a difference in eternity by helping people find God. So let's pray together. Thank you, Lord, for revealing 
your secrets to us and that you first you provided the Bible and for many of us you've provided people to help live and demonstrate life with you an incredible difference that Jesus makes would you enable us as a group and as a church family to spread the incredibly good news about Jesus and the secrets the mysteries of God with many people would you help us to prepare and bless the move and the transition that we'll be making in about a month and that you allow us to contact um, many people that are far from you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a wonderful week and we'll see you next time.